Well, here we are at uh, Spring One Platform, the most awesome name conference of the year. Don't you agree? Of course. And I have a, uh, a guest with myself. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Marcin Grzejszczak. I'm sorry for my surname, which is impossible to pronounce by foreigners. I'm uh, working for the Spring Cloud team on basically mostly Sleuth, which is uh, our implementation of um, distributed tracing uh, with Spring Cloud and Spring Boot, and the other project is Spring Cloud Contract, but we're going to focus on the first one, I guess. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one, too. We, 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 were, uh, we were walking between, uh, I don't know, some meetup talk or, or something in a bar in a park, and you were telling me all about that, that last one. Now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bar in a park, very nice. I mean, that's typical stuff that you do uh, in a bar in a park and talk about <laughs> sprinkles. <laughs> exactly. So you, how, how long have you been working on the sluice stuff? Actually, I joined Pivotal in December. So since December. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what, what made you interested in it? Actually, uh, I started in my previous company. We started... I didn't even know that it's called distributed tracing back then, but we have, uh, we have uh, implemented in our open source solution that was like, uh, related to microservices based in, uh, on Groovy. Uh, we created correlation ID passing. So we did right. like log correlation um, like by, by ourselves, and I've contributed all of that to Spring Cloud. All right. So, so you got in through code. Yes. So before <laughs> even joining Pivotal, I have already contributed some stuff to Sprinkled Sleuth. And, and so, so let's, I mean, let's start talking about Sleuth and, and Zipkin under, under it as, as by saying like the problem you were trying to solve. So, so like what, what was the issue that you had that brought you to doing this? And, and are there things that you tried that you decided not to go with instead? Or like what, what brought you to it all? So basically, we had a problem that, um, I mean, we had, had a distributed system uh, we, we've uh, invested a lot of time to, let's say, provide some standards of logging and uh, let's say running applications, so basic stuff that you do when you want to go to, uh, in the microservice direction. Uh, and the problem was that when an exception was thrown somewhere uh, in the system, we couldn't correlate that with any sort of like user who, who, who clicked around or with, a, with a, some sort of a situation that happened in the system. I mean, there was an exception thrown somewhere, and then we didn't know what happened before and what happened after. Oh, right. So it's like going into a dark room. Yeah, so what something. we wanted to have is like, you know, some breadcrumbs that we could follow, <laughs> right? Yeah. It happened here, then something happened, and, uh, and so on and so forth. At that time, our, our correlation ID, I was, it was actually even... Um, it, it was not, uh, let's say, uh, proper correlation ID in terms of Zipkin, but our correlation ID had a, a user ID attached. So w when a user, like um, somebody from customer service, was clicking around, he had an exception, he called us, we knew who he is or she, so uh -huh. we could correlate easily uh, who clicked, then, oh, we right, when, right. then we knew when the exception happened, so then we could find the proper uh, tr correlation ID and we went to some, uh, at that time, we had Elasticsearch slash Kibana stack. So we went to Kibana, and we could see all the, you know, uh, historical requests uh, before the, the exception and what happened after. So that way, in a distributed system where we had uh, quite a few microservices, a couple of monoliths, we could find what happened. 
Right. So, so you have you have a user like clicking around doing something. A uh, it's always a bad word because it's overloaded, but they're doing some sort of transaction or some action that yes. that begins and ends. Yes. And spans a lot of different services, and so something will go wrong. And I guess you know you can look at the logs and like try try to figure out like which logs are related to that user by time and machine they were on. But then as you're getting to like if you can somehow pass some unique ID through to every component of that, that gets you a little better as far as yes. filtering the logs out to know that it's, it's related to not only this user and not only this part in time, but this intention of them doing something, this transaction. Yeah, precisely. So in the distributed tracing uh, nomenclature, uh, this correlation ID I was talking about, and what you have just mentioned, it's called trace ID. So yeah, the, the, for, for a single, let's say, business operation that can span throughout, you know, different microservices or monoliths, uh, you have always the same value of that ID. Uh, coming back to what you said, actually one of the architects back in that company had, a, had an idea because I said that, I mean, right now we are blind. We cannot see what's happening in the system for a, yeah. for a, for a particular problem. So he suggested that what we can do is to SSH to every machi machine and tail and grab the logs, right? <laughs> so tail the logs and grab for an error. So of course you can do that, uh, but I don't think it's the best <laughs> solution. I mean, even on Stack Overflow, out of curiosity, I, was, uh, I checked if it's possible to batch SSH to machines to grab and tail. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. But no, I mean, don't do that. It's, it's pointless. So, yeah. so we needed a solution. <clears throat> well, you, well, you laugh, but uh, when I used to work on systems management stuff, like when would this have been? Over 10 years ago? Like that, that was one thing we did. Like if, if, if you wanted to like suck out logs, you could always SSH and tail from it. And I mean, uh, obviously you can do that and yeah. it will work. Uh, this but, is back in the early 2000s. But it's, it's, it's cumbersome. It's difficult, right? It takes, takes a lot of energy and time. Yeah. Uh, and it's much better to, to shift it the other way around. So what we did is that because uh, we had some uh, see, homemade solutions, we had uh, some cloud somewhere without any abstraction like Cloud Foundry. Uh, so we had to invest a lot of time to unify how all of the applications were logging because, of course, as it is in, in companies, it turns out at some point that every application does the same thing in a different way. <laughs> so if you want to right. just standardize stuff, you have to invest a lot of time. So we had our applications put their logs in this, like always the same place, and we had a process uh, with log-forwarder. Right now it's called FileBeat. Uh, so this, 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 this application was harvesting the logs and putting them all in one place, which was uh, Logstash. Right. Logstash parsed it into pieces and put it into the database. So it's like exactly the same thing you can do right now with Call Foundry, because by default, um, all the logs are put like, into, into such a place that the Logregator application can take it. Like, like right. you, with Logregator, you have all the logs in one place. So... A lot of the job that we, we have done like manually to standardize and we spend a lot of bucks on this <laughs> because like it takes time and time yeah. equals money. Uh, so you in Cloud Foundry get out of the box for free and then you can do whatever you want. For example, like, you know, cut it into pieces and present this. You can transform the logs or forward them onto something whatever else. Whatever you or, want. Or just load them up in your plain text editor when you're lonely. And of course, and them. it's uh, what we always do. Like <laughs> when we're lonely, we relogs. 
<laughs> so yeah, so so that that was the solution. And right now with Sleuth, um, what we what you get is default logging pattern. Oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure often people like I mean they're logging, um, they're doing their logging, but often their pattern is improper. What does it mean? Uh, often people forget, for example, to pass the thread name in the logs. Oh, right. So when you're doing, let's say, some parallel processing or stuff, you're totally blind because you don't even know which thread did that. Like you have a log, then you have another one, and you don't know was it sequential, was it in parallel. You have no idea because you don't right. log the, you the don't thread. Have thread in there. Yeah, yeah. So in Sleuth, we provide a default logging pattern, so we don't have to think about this. And basically, if you if you have Sleuth and every single application that you have, you have standardized the logging pattern because you have it out of the box. Then you, if you're using Logregator in Cloud Foundry, you standardize the way logs are aggregated. And you know it, it takes a lot of work to actually properly instrument the code to pass the tracing information like between threads, context, libraries. It was hectic work and still is because libraries change. There are some special use cases, so we have to invest a lot of time. So it's better to use Sleuth then manually try to do all of that yourself. Right, and, and, and that it seem, I mean, you're getting to what it seems like the, at least from my perspective of, of having worked on this stuff a long time ago, the core hard part, it, part is, there's two things at least, I'm sure there's more, but one, there's instrumenting the code so it puts out the right ID, so it can get the, the ID. Of, and of propagate a, it. Yeah, and then also, not only so it can get it, but so that it can use it. And so, like, that's, yeah. like, anytime you have to have developers do something, it's a world of hurt. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, that, that was the, the crucial thing. But uh, getting, a, getting a framework in place that works across many different uh, services and even types of code. Yeah. And, and that kind of gets to the second thing is there's a standard of how you think about and actually do this, right? Whether it's the log format or other things like that. But those two things together then you can finally, like, that's always the problem, at least I would encounter with monitoring, is just instrumenting the stuff, right? Yes. Like, that's, and then all, as a systems management vendor, all the value that you bring is when the code isn't instrumented, <laughs> and you make up for the lack of that. Yeah. But, but uh, anyways, instrumenting the code is incredibly hard. Yes, it is, and um, obviously, uh, we, we, we haven't done everything in the perfect way. For sure, there's going to be some issues, but we are quite stable, and... Uh, there are not that many bugs, fortunately, and we try to really be uh, immediate with fixing them. Uh, but in general, it's, pre it's pretty stable, so I'm really happy with the quality of instrumentation that we have at the moment. Um, yeah, and we support quite a few things, and we give, uh, let's say, easy... Uh, we provide an easy way how to let's say, instrument new stuff that we don't uh, right. instrument at the moment. So there's, there's, there's at least two more things we should talk about before we wrap up this supposedly quick recording here. Uh, one of them is, um, so we don't have a terminal here for you to dem demonstrate <laughs> it, but like, it's like how, how does it work? Like how, like, and, and I assume there's like some service registry thing that as a piece of code, you're like, hey, give me the ID, ID of the thing I'm participating in. And then you're kind of like, and it would be a good idea, idea if I logged with this idea and stuff. And then, and then, and then, second, like how, like between not only different processes but different types of languages and services and stuff. How does that work? Okay, so uh, like, so how does it work? How does it work? So, <laughs> uh, in fact, if you're not creating any anything custom, like for example, you don't create a custom span. So, uh, like 
a local span, in fact. So a span is a is an operation. For example, an RPC call is a span. So it's a bounded operation that has its start and finish. It has a duration. Uh, so if you don't create a manual one, you don't have to do anything. Right. It just happens out of the box. It's passed on between threads. Uh, it's added to headers in the requests. Uh, and it, basically because you, we can wrap or when you're running in an environment like this, you can wrap the HTTP calls and then you could, you could kind yes. of wrap all the calls down into the system if there's some kind of runtime that supports it and, and do the old yeah. thing of like begin and end, begin and end. And, Precisely, and like so since we are Zipkin compatible, uh, you can have, uh, for example, the Spring Cloud project, like your, your Spring Cloud app, uh, and you can send a request to, let's say, a Go app, which is Zipkin compatible, and it's gonna work. Because the Go app is going to take the request, the headers are Zipkin compatible, so it knows what it's supposed to do. And let's say the Go app is sending um, the request to the Java app again, the Spring Boot app again. So we take it over, right. and we're, since we're Zipkin compatible, everything works fine. So this is the, the let's say the, the answer to your second question. And, and does that work across like event queues and things like that, or is we it only We do support HTTP? Spring uh, Spring integration, so we do. Uh, pass the headers and messages. Oh, okay, okay. So we do support, for example, if you're using uh, RabbitMQ or something like that, the messages, uh, the headers are going to be appended to messages, and then if you're Zipkin compatible on the other side, you can take the headers from the message on the right. other side and go. So, so I guess to try to painfully generalize it, whatever kind of, um, I don't know, process context you're operating in. You, you have a span in, whether it's over HTTP or a message bus or whatever else we might think of. There's sort of like a bag of metadata associated with it. Yes. And, and part of what, the, of, of, of what Sleuth and Zipkin does is like inserts a thing into that bag. And extracts it. Yeah, and, and then any process in there, I assume there's another sort of like standardized, if not sort of libraries that help you with this is like anytime you have a piece of code, you can like look in that bag and figure out what your ID is. Precisely. So uh, in terms of Sleuth, you have a span object on which you can get trace ID. Right. So this is this correlation ID on this whole business operation. So uh, that way you get it like immediately uh, inside the code if you need to. Uh, for example, log, uh, I don't know, do something about this trace ID. Because in the logs, <clears throat> the trace ID is always passed in if you're using Sleuth. So always you get this value in the logs. So right. afterwards, for example, in, in Kibana, you can search by trace ID and you get all the logs from every single service that took part in this one big Right. Let's call so, it transaction. So that accomplishes two things we were talking about earlier. One, if the developers do nothing, but they're running in this, like a runtime that supports all of this, you at least can pull out from those log files, like here's all the logging that happened that, that are related to this and organize it by a span, essentially. By a trace. Yeah, by, yeah. By yeah. a trace. Yeah, you can order by a, the same trace. So if in one, let's call it business transaction, there were 100 hops between 100 services, then you're gonna uh, you're gonna see all of those 100 services and their logs. Right. If you provide like this, I'm searching via this trace ID because this is what correlates all the services. The same value of a trace ID. That's right. So it, one trace ID, but a lot of spans underneath.
Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen people do similar things with like Splunk magic and other search where, you, you know, you find some way of uniquely identifying all this so stuff th that's and, exactly and filter down to it. Essentially. So this is exactly, uh, actually, uh, at Spring One, I'm going to show it in a demo together with uh, actually uh, Kibana. So we're going to have a couple of apps. We're going to lock some stuff in the apps and then present them in Kibana and sort them via, uh, filter them via Trace ID. Ah, all right, so the last question before we wrap up. So you got all this technology, right? And we started with like what drove you to use it and everything. So uh, how would you describe like the theory of monitoring <laughs> that this enables for you? Like what, mm -hmm. like, like if, if, I'm, if I'm someone responsible for monitoring like one of these wacky microservices driven systems that maybe also has non-microservices stuff, but it's all Zipkin enabled, like what do I, how do I use it? What does it feel like when I'm using sleuth-driven stuff to, to do my monitoring so if and we're remediation Yeah, jobs. if we're talking about Zipkin, Zipkin is a tool to monitor, uh, to find latency problems. So I would separate two things. Uh, let's say measuring, for example, KPIs mm -hmm. from measuring latency. So you can, for example, if you have a critical critical part in your system that's really important for you from the business perspective. You can wrap it in a custom span, a local span, and you're going to see the exact duration of this, of this part. You can add tags, so key value pairs that will like, uh, help you understand more what's going on in your system. But the thing is that with Zipkin you have also sampling because uh, uh, what that means is that not 100% of, uh, let's say, traces are going to be sent to Zipkin because you would run out of disk space by default. Right. And, and uh, like by default, we, we uh, say sample 10%. You can switch on to 100, so every single trace, every single span will be sent to Zipkin. And in like how many, I don't know what to call them at this point, but how many user interactions like would you make that cutoff at? Like, let's say in an application oh, you know, and, and depends, like right? people, there, there's like a hundred uses of it in a day. I assume I would probably collect a hundred percent of stuff versus like, of course, ver versus yeah. like there's like a hundred thousand uses of it. Of course, it if you, you have like sample. a bazillion requests per second, I would sample it, obviously, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can you can have problems. I mean, if you if you think you won't, and you think that it, it makes sense, like sample one hundred percent, and then you can like profit from that in that way that you're going to see every single trace in Zipkin, and you can see that the, the crucial part of your system takes that much time. But if that is crucial for you, what I would do is I would, for example, wrap it in a, I don't know, for example, Codehill metric sort of, um, uh, let's say, uh, meter or mm. counter or whatever, and then measure that with this tool. Why? Because then you can, for example, uh, you send it, for example, to Graphite, and then you can have uh, different tools uh, that allow you to put alerting on that. Right. So, for example, you have a crucial metric for you, I don't know, amount of requests per second, whatever. Let's imagine that, or no, even let's be more pragmatic. Amount of money that the current service gives you, for instance. Yeah. Let's assume that you can monetize the stuff. And then you, you create a metric uh, with which you count the money. And then you can, let's say, put alerting that if you go below certain value, send an email or send a message to Slack or right. whatever, ping uh, via PagerDuty or something. So there are tools that can allow you to do so. And that makes more sense because this is typical metric stuff. 
what Zipkin is used for is latency. For example, a user clicks around your system and says, hey, it's slow. What is wrong? <laughs> right, right, right. And then you can see, ah, oh, yeah. And you can see the bar graphs. And you can see, for example, immediately that you have a very long bar. So it means that the request was very slow. Why right. is it so? And then you can click around, figure it out. So I would discern those two things. Yeah, that makes sense. There's sort of like uh, point, not point in time, but single point monitoring of a metric versus what I would unfairly categorize as like weather reports, right? Like in the sense of like, I want to know how the system is doing in yeah. aggregate. Like I, yes. your example is good. It's like people keep telling me it's slow. Like I look at the logs and... I don't know. <laughs> Precisely. You don't see anything right. in Where, the logs. So you, you would have to log every single method, call or something like right. the, the count, uh, let's say, the, the, the duration of a single call. Right, and right, This right. is what exa exactly what you get with Zipkin. Right, right. So, so the, I mean, you're, those are the kind of like, like the two types of modes that you would be on, like monitoring a single point of things, essentially, yes. and, and then monitoring kind of the overall health of a system. Precisely. I would it's, it's, al it's almost like, uh, it's almost like, quantitative and qualitative. Like the quantitative yes. thing is like, here's, here's a bunch of data points that are exactly this. And the qualitative is like, I don't know, it feels okay or it feels bad. <laughs> yes, right? precisely. Yeah. That, that's that's uh, what I would discern. KPIs from the overall state of the system. Great, well great, well that's, that's, uh, that's, that's fantastic. That's a good quick overview. So tell, tell people like, you know, where you are on Twitter or you've got a lot on your blog too. So I often interview people and they're like, I haven't updated my blog in five years. <laughs> but I think, I think yours is a I'm, lot I'm more recent. I'm trying to be uh, like a frequent blogger. So, uh, my, uh, like I said, my name is Marcin Grzeszczak, so my Twitter handle is at mgrzeszczak. If you're not Polish, you're not, you're not even <laughs> going to even like, find it. So I suggest you go to, to my blog, toomuchcoding.com, which That's is right. more, it's like, uh, you have better chances of remembering that. And over there, you can find my Twitter handle. Uh, and yeah, I try to blog frequently about, uh, let's say, microservices as such. Right now, I'm trying to blog also on the Spring I.O. blog. Uh, and I'm trying to blog about stuff like answering difficult questions that arise, like yeah. how to do zero downtime deployment, for example, with the, in terms of the database. Because with Cloud Foundry, you can do magical stuff like CF push, and that's it, it's working. But you have to remember about the database, for yeah, example. Always the data. How to, yeah, how to <laughs> deploy microservices, for example, right, right. How, how the pipeline should look like. So you can check out, check out my blog. And, uh, well, great. You could find a lot of answers there, I guess. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll as always, have this at uh, soundcloud.com slash Pivotal Conversations and at the blog at uh, pivotal.io slash podcast. Maybe you need to put a blog in front of there. I don't know. Just search for Pivotal Conversations. People will find it. We'll see everyone next time. <laughs>